We're looking at the names of Christ, and um, as we look at these, they're found in Isaiah chapter 9. I want you to turn in your Bible. We're going to read verses 6 and 7, and then we're going to get right into it. I, I love studying Christmas. How many of you like Christmas stories? I love Christmas stories. We were listening to some memories that our Sunday school class had, and some of them are kind of funny, some of the things that they do. Um, and, and Lord has just been so good to us for us to live in this country where we can celebrate Christ's birth. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6 says this, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and, just, and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform. When you look at Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll look at it in just a second, there's some other, verse, other names in here. We're going to look at these as we go through this month. There's wonderful. We looked at wonderful last week. And then there's this word counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. It's interesting that Isaiah would use these names to edify the Son of God. But he is all of these things to us. And we talked last week about the word wonderful. Um, it's not something that we usually say in the aspect that they're looking at. The word wonderful means marvelous. Someone said you did something and it was wonderful. It's always a good thing. I hate these um, words that the teenagers use sometimes that mean opposite of what they are. If they say you're bad, that might mean you're good. I don't, I don't ever understand that. It just depends on you got to look and see who says it to figure out what they're meaning by it. But it's great to know it's marvelous. And then it's called also, it was a, it's a word we use for miracle. So wonderful is a miracle. And you know, you look at Jesus' birth and you see a lot of miracles in that. You see the birth of Christ. We, we, we looked at the miracle of the birth. There were so many miracles. I think we point out just five real quick that they had. And the, the biggest one was what? The virgin birth. So here he's, he's, he's declaring that God, that Jesus is wonderful, and he's also declaring that there's going to be many different miracles through it. And here it is, the miracle of the birth. What about this? The miracle of God as he, get, as he develops in, and he becomes, he's a son of God all the time, but as he develops his ministry, shows the miracles that he does there. There's not anybody that would have went through a miracle and had something changed in their life that when it was over, they would not have said, that's wonderful. The leper that comes back, I guarantee you he thinks it's wonderful that he does not have that. The man that cannot see, it's wonderful that he can see again. The man that cannot hear, it's wonderful that he can hear. Everything's wonderful because of the miracle who Christ is. And so we looked at the word wonderful on this. Now let's look at the next word found in here. The word counselor. It's interesting that Isaiah would use the word counselor. Let's look at these verses again. If you've got your Bible open, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Never underestimate those three words. Son is given. God gave His only Son for us. Gave the ultimate sacrifice for us. Then it says, And the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Don't lose aspect of every one of those, what they mean. Because they all mean something a little bit different. Then it says this, of the increase of this government and peace, there shall be 
no end. Don't you like peace that has no end? What usually happens in the peace in your life? usually has a starting date and an ending date. But when it comes to Jesus, the peace is never ending. It's always there. And keep reading in these verses, it says, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, we talked about this last week, and to establish it. Aren't you glad that God orders things and He establishes things? And what's He establishing through? The Bible says it with judgment and justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. So now we have the word counselor. Counselor, in your bulletin, you'll see some um, things at the very bottom. One of them is a fill in the blank. You know how many times the word counselor is found in the Old Testament in the Hebrew word? It's found 80 times. Most of the time it's called about, it's either counsel or counselor. And here he says in Isaiah that he's the counselor. I'm not even going to try to say this, but this is a Hebrew word for it. I think it's yahats is how they say it. But it's interesting when you, when you find out that it's in there 80 times, and what does it mean? Here's what it means. To advise, consult, give counsel. I like the next one, purpose. Watch for people that give you counsel that don't have a purpose behind their counsel. God gives you advice, but He also gives you, he gives you what you need through the Scriptures, but there's also always a purpose, the devise, and it's also there is always a plan with it. And so when you look at this, you've got to understand what it means. So we're looking at the word counselor this morning. It means to advise, to consult, give, counsel, purpose, devise, a, and a plan. You know when this was written? Isaiah was written around 700 B.C. Well, you say that's, that's important. He is foretelling of someone that's 700 years in advance of his time. You tell me God's not in that. I mean, you look at that, that verse, the, just look away from the words that he calls them, but look at this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Because when Isaiah looked at it, we're going to bring a lamb. We're going to sacrifice that lamb. And that lamb is going to take our sins away for a, for a period of time. And then you know what? We're going to come back the next year and we're going to bring another lamb. We're going to do this and we're going to keep repeating and keep repeating and keep repeating with this. But you know what? He looks at it and God gives him the words to say, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor. 700 years before he comes. Well, when you look at the word counselor, you can definitely see it in the Old Testament. Doesn't he do these things that, you name me one person in the Old Testament that he doesn't do this with. There's some people in the Old Testament, what does he do? He actually physically talks to them. And he, and he consults them, he, he, he get, devises a plan, a purpose. Some of the plans and purpose that God gives in the Old Testament takes many years to fulfill. I think of Noah. It took him over a hundred years to fulfill the plan that God gave him. But God gave him a purpose, gave, consulted him, advised him, showed him how to build it. And I love that God is always in an orderly fashion. And so then you got the New Testament. Don't you see it in the New Testament? Everybody that's in the New Testament did anything for the Lord. God is always consoling them and they are always asking God what to do. When people get in trouble in the New Testament and Old Testament, what do they usually do? They forsake his counsel. Right? 
Watch. Let's pick somebody in the Old Testament that got in trouble. The easiest one to pick on is Samson. Did God give him a plan? He did. He told him what? And everybody gets this one first. They always say, he told him not to cut his hair, but he told him more than that. One of the, one of the aspects of Samson you've got to look at is God told him not to ever touch a dead carcass or a dead animal. Did he do that? Absolutely he did. And you know why he did it? Because he liked honey. And he saw honey in a, in a carcass and he went and he ate it. He wasn't supposed to touch it. God gave him and advised him of what to do, but he did not initiate the plan and follow along. And what happened to him? It hurt him. What about Lot? You think God had a plan for Lot? He didn't listen to it. So if we don't listen to his counsel, we're going to be in trouble. How many of you ever got in trouble for not listening to your, family, your, your mother or father's counsel? We don't say this a lot. Man, Charlie raised his hand up really high, and then Heather never raised her hand up at all. Okay, all right. But she put hers down real fast, and Charlie's up there. He's proud of it, praise God. Um, you, know, you know, I remember getting in trouble all the time. You know what I was doing? I was not following my, 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 my father's counsel. You ever got yourself in a mess? And then if you look at the scriptures and follow the scriptures, you just wish, if I would have done this, it would have been different. You know, God has a way sometimes of humbling you, doesn't he? Yesterday I got to have the privilege of going bowling with some of the kids. I shared this with my Sunday school class, but I'm sort of competitive. I, like, I don't play a game to lose. You know, I'm not going to waste my time to lose a game. So we started bowling. And Braden brought a little friend with him. And you know he's a good bowler when he goes to the back room and brings out a bag that's his bowling balls in a, in a container where there's two of them. He has his own shoes. He has all these little things he puts on his hand. He's told me he's already bowled three games this, this morning and told me what his average was. Well, right when he did that, it was on. So I started telling him, I said, listen, we are going to bowl and I'm going to beat you in bowling. And the first game I did beat him. I bowled a pretty good game. And I think I was on adrenaline. I was hitting everything. I only had one, I think two open frames and did really well. And then the second game, the wheels fell off. You ever been bowling? You go really good and then you do really bad. The first game I was way over 150. The second game I was under 100. And he walked up to me and said, ha ha, I won the second game. And I was like, okay, so it's best out of three. So we started bowling, and I, I knew what I bowled. I bowled an average game. I bowled about 145. I thought he, and I looked at what he had in the fifth frame. He was a little bit behind me, and I thought, he is going to beat me. He is going to beat me. So I had to put the Wagner jinx on him. I started talking to him. And um, not while he was bowling, but before, and I was telling him what he had to do. And got down to the very end. I noticed he was quiet. Looked over his score. I had bowled 145. He had bowled 143. And so I looked at him and said, ha ha, I won by two pins. And there are some questions when you're, when you're competing with some people you shouldn't probably ask. And I asked the inevitable question. I said, I said his name. I said, Andrew, I said, how old are you? He looked at me and he goes, I am nine. <laughs> so, makes me feel a lot better. And my wife, I could see my wife going. 
And then I said, Andrew, how long have you been bowling? And here's this little boy looking at me. He goes, I've been bowling for four years of my life. That's half his life. You know, sometimes God has a way of getting you back, doesn't he? So I beat a nine-year-old in bowling. And let me say this, I barely beat him. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get in trouble with things that we do. We don't follow his counsel. Because look at the next one. Because you know what? God still gives us counsel even in modern times. Don't throw out the world. We know He's a wonderful Savior and He, he does miracles. We've heard, I've heard two miracles. I've seen two miracles this last week of people that went and got test ran and the tests they thought were going to be bad were not bad. One of them, the doctor told this person that was 99% sure they were going to have this and guess what? That, that, there was still that 1% and guess what? It hit that 1%. We still serve a God that does miracles. But we also serve a God that wants us to follow his counsel. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, when you, when you look at this, the word counselor stands out because it's something that we should do. Before you make a decision, you should, you should ask God what, you want, what he wants you to do. What most of us do is we'll go do something, we'll try to fit it in God's plan or God's purpose. We get it out of order. My mom and dad used to say it's the cart before the horse. You can't get a horse to push a cart, but you sure can get them to pull it if they're hooked up right. So we've got to get back to understanding what counselor is. Well, how, if I ask this question, these two advise, consult, give counsel, purpose, devise, and plan, how do we do that? How, how does Christ do this with us? I was praying over this and I was looking at what God has and, and there's something that's interesting in this. Let's look at an example. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Let's go to the story of the birth of Christ. Remember those words, to advise, consult, give counsel, um, purpose, devise. In Matthew chapter 1 and, verse, and, and chapter 2, this is the story of Christ being born. Let's go to the first one. Go to verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus was born on the wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. We know the story. He's talking to Joseph and he says this is what's going to happen. Let's put some of these words when it comes to counsel because in verse number 20 it says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is going to give him some advice and he's going he's to consult him and tell him what to do. You keep reading in that verse, it says, The son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. This is giving her counsel again and showing, her the purpose, showing him the purpose of this. Go to verse number 21. The last part tells the purpose of who Jesus is. It says, For he shall save his people from their sin. The purpose and plan is found in verse number 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Verse number 24, you see the devise of this. And, that, and Joseph, being raised from, um, from the sleep, did as. He advised him and he did it. Wouldn't you just love your kids when you tell them what to do, they do it? You know, I, I hear so many kids, I watch so many kids and, and their parents will tell them to do something. I was with somebody just recently, it's no one from the church, it was up in Terre Haute, and their child was doing something and they said, give me the phone. And the per little, little child looked and said, I'm going to keep it. 
That child better be thankful that that table is pretty wide because I wanted to kick that child. Made me so mad. I was like, oh. And I, and I showed on my face. I had to kind of look away and start drinking my tea again. And they said it three or four times. Three or four times they, they didn't get it. Finally they gave it. And they dropped it on the floor. And the per little child said, I can't pick it up. You'll have to get it. Oh, man. I was pouring tea on top of me and I could hear it going, it was going down. We get sometimes where we get, we hear things and people don't follow the purpose, the plan. It says in verse number 24, it says, and he took him unto, and, and took unto him his wife. This is the plan. And then in the next verse, it says he called his name Jesus, which was the plan. Go to verse number two in the next chapter. It says, for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Here someone's consulting these, these wise men as they're going. And let's just... Ask the obvious. Who's in charge of the angels? God. An angel does not have his own agenda. People have their own agenda, but angels don't. Their agenda is to uplift God. So when the angel went and spoke, he didn't give his opinion. It was the purpose and the plan that God had for, for Joseph to hear, for, for the shepherds to hear, for Mary to hear. It was all based on them. Now who made the star? God did. He's, he's consulting them and showing them the plan. Keep reading in chapter 2. And when he had gathered, here you have even Herod sought counsel. He gathered all the people who was around him and asked him where this child was born. And they answered the right questions. Answered with the right answer. Go down to verse number 9. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Here, you see the plan taking place. You see the counselor showing them what's going to happen. The plan and advice comes in in verse number 11. They saw the young child with Mary the mother and fell down and worshipped him. The purpose was there. They presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then they consulted in verse number 12. And being warned of God, God's telling them he is the counselor. He's consulting with them and saying, listen, don't go back the same way. And don't you dare trust that Herod. He knew exactly what was going on. And then it says in verse number 13. Here's that angel again. The angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph. What's he tell him to do? He says, arise. Go to number verse 14. When he arose, he took the young child. God showed him the purpose and the plan. He was his counselor. He advised him what to do. And guess what? He did all these things for Mary and Joseph, just like he'll do for you. Sometimes we get confused about what God wants us to do. If he's your counselor, it's a good thing. You ever had a bad counselor? You want me to tell you what a bad counselor is? When a teenager asks another rebellious teenager what to do. That's a bad counselor. And we've all done that. When we want to, we want to do what we want to do, guess what? We don't ask spiritual people. We, we just go out and do things. We just go out and do things. Here's, here's some things, and I want you to see this with, this with these. The way that God does this with you, He speaks and He shows. He shows his counsel by what he says and what he does. See, God's still alive. Last time I checked, the Holy Word is still alive and it's moving. It, we, serve, we have a, a Bible here that we read and it's alive. 
it, it basically, it changes with us when we read it. I can read the same story over and over and go and get, get something totally different because it's apparent to what I need for that day. It speaks to me. It shows me. Now, God doesn't speak in an in a, in a audible voice to me. If He does to you, I'm concerned, but He could if He wanted to, but He doesn't usually do that. In the Old Testament, He did. And so here, I want to show you how he does this. I want you to turn in your Bible to um, uh, Psalm 23. One of the most common ones. Let me show you how he speaks to you. He speaks to you through his word and through his presence. Without getting Pentecostal in here, but have you ever gotten to a point where you just know God's with you? I mean, you know his presence is there. There's a peace that passes all understanding. And then you got His Word, and how does He show you things? He shows you things through events that happen. Don't ever underestimate when someone said, I prayed for something and, and, and it happened. God knows exactly what He's doing. He is a counselor. He advises us. He consults us. We consult Him. He doesn't consult us. We consult Him. He knows what's best for us. He has a plan and a purpose for us. And events happen in our life. And not only that, prayers happen in our life. And we can uplift things. Can God change His mind on certain things? He can. He doesn't have to. But let's go to Psalm 23. I'm going to show you how it works in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Psalm 23. Follow along with me and let's, let's look at this, this psalm. Everybody knows it. Sometimes we overlook some things in here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what that is? That's a counselor saying, listen, I have a purpose and I have a plan for you. All you need is me. Watch, when you leave this earth, what is the only thing you're going to take with you? Your relationship with Him. Your salvation through Him. You're not taking any of your stuff with you. I've heard a preacher say, I heard old, and you've heard it too, I've heard a preacher say, well, you don't see a U-Haul behind a hearse. No, you don't. You used to see family members going back and seeing what they can get. But we got we to gotta go and understand, I shall not want, it's a purpose and a plan. Go to verse number two. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. This is his consulting aspect of the counselor. You know, sometimes you need to just rest. You ever been there? If you ever driven down the road and you hear, that means you need to rest. Your tires have went off the road and they've hit those little things on the side of the road. You know what I'm talking about. You need to rest. God consults us. He tells us what we need to do. Then it says, He leadeth me beside still waters. It's a plan. You know how sheep will die? Not drinking water. They don't drink water, they're going to die. You've got to have a plan. We've got to understand that God has a plan, a purpose as we look through all these things. Look at verse number three. He restoreth my soul. Here's a purpose and a plan. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will fear no evil. He consults us and he advises us and we're going to get through this. No matter what happens, God's our counselor. He's there for us. Keep going, it says, Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, you don't want to admit this, but this is God's plan for your life. To correct you and help you. That's the counselor that he is. See, Jesus is everything that we need. We don't need anything else. 
Jesus, everything we need. Keep reading. He says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Um, this is um, giving counsel. That anointest, thou anointest my head with oil. There's a purpose. My cup runneth over, and that's the plan. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is advice, plan, and purpose. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Advice and consult. Everything is wrapped up in Jesus being your counselor. How often do we just, when something happens, we just sit down and go, we just don't know what's going to happen. And Jesus is just sitting there waiting for us to ask, how can I help you? You ever seen a child at a place being lost from his parents? And they're, they're, they're so distraught, they don't know what's going to happen, what's gonna, what's gonna, where it's going to be, where, where am I at, where are my parents but then there's that adult that comes up, gets on their level, and says, can I help you? You can almost see them getting teary-eyed, and then they all of a sudden come out of it because they feel like someone's helping them. That's what Jesus wants to be for us. He wants to be our counselor. How does he do that? He's not going to be in an audible voice and say, I want you, and he would never do this, I want you to buy that Chevy pickup. He's not going to do that. It's a Ford maybe, but not a Chevy. I'm gonna want you, I want you to buy this. He's not going to do that. So often we want God to write something in the clouds. He gave you 66 books to read. Numerous women and men that, that came through scriptures that we can get through His Word. He wants us to give counsel. You ever said something you shouldn't say and then you read the Bible? I always look at those verses. Answer not a fool according to his folly. There's times when you shouldn't answer. You say, well, the Bible contradicts itself because the next one it says answer a fool according to his folly. Read the last part of those verses. God makes total sense with what he's saying. There's some people, no matter what you say, they're not going to change their mind. There's other people that need your advice. But you know what we need? We need God's counsel. Before we do anything, before we buy anything, before we, we go out and, and, and change jobs, ask God to help you. He will help you. How many of you have ever seen God help you in your life? All the time. How many of you have seen God help you in this last week? I have. God ever encouraged you? You know why? Because he's your counselor. I'm so thankful that God's not a counselor that just beats you over the head every time you see him. He sees you. Because there's some people that are like that. Some people, if, you do, if anything happens, look what you did. What kind of sin are you doing? Sometimes God, God corrects us and does things to us, not even corrects us, does things to us when we haven't done anything wrong. He's just making us who we need to be. Example who? Old Testament. Book, whole book about him. Who is it? Job. What did his friends say? What have you done? Curse God and die. We've got a great counselor. He speaks to us through his word. He also shows his presence. There's been times when I talk to people and I want to talk to them about God and, and, and you, there's no really opening to do it. But you can almost feel God putting his, his hand on your shoulder and saying, it's going to be okay, say it now. And then you can give, you have boldness to speak because you feel his presence with you. Not only this, with the, with the shows, he shows it through events in your life. I didn't see anybody come up here in a horse-drawn carriage. 
I didn't see anybody walk to church. I saw everybody drive some nice vehicles to church, doesn't he? He gives you some nice things, doesn't he? He gives you a nice house to, house to stay in. I don't think anybody in here is going to go hungry today. I've got to watch when I talk about food on Sunday morning because everybody just shuts it down at that point. There's events that God does for you all the time. I want you to get back to what November was. Be thankful for His counsel. Be thankful for what He's done. Isaiah says, listen, he's going to be wonderful. He's going to show miracle after miracle after miracle. He's a marvelous Savior. But you know what else he is? He's a counselor. That's when I go back to that verse, that, that name Emmanuel. He's God with us. I'm not going to get any better counsel than what God's going to give me. Now God sometimes uses people to give you that counsel. I understand that. But choose them wisely. There's events that happen in our life, and then there's just the prayers. There's something about uplifting people in prayers that you see God in it. And then when you, when you hear, I, I, sometimes I'm skeptical of that. When I, when I pray for something, then something happens, I go, I can't believe that happened. And I've been praying for it for three months. You know what we got to get back to? Just thanking God for what He's done. He's our counselor. How many of you ever felt like God was just telling you to do something and when you did it, you felt better about it? That's the counsel side of who Jesus is. He was born on this earth. And yes, he was a counselor before he came to this, but when he came on this earth, this is what, he was, what part of his ministry was going to be. Anybody that's in charge of people, anybody ever had somebody like a Peter on their, on their, <laughs> underneath them where you have to tell them what to do, not know what they're going to say? You better have a counselor. And last but not least, you know what Christ is? He sure is wonderful. Amen? God sure is wonderful, isn't He? We see Him in a, in a manger. When Joseph and Mary put Him was not anywhere where we would put a child. We wouldn't. But that was part of the sign. It was in a stable. There's not anybody in here. Anybody have a child that they, they had their child in a stable? And put them in a manger? And left them there? Long enough for shepherds to watch angels come down and then to go visit them? You know, if we had a child that was born in a manger, in a barn, in a, sh in, in a shed, you know what we'd instantly do? We'd, all, we'd instantly take them to the hospital. He did more for us than we can even imagine. And He wants to be wonderful to you as much as He wants to be wonderful to me. <laughs> and I see miracle after miracle after miracle in the Bible, but I also see miracle after miracle in modern times. And we're living at the end times, folks. We see miracle after miracle after miracle. So you know what we need when we see the miracles? We also need to see this. He's our counselor. When I say the word guidance counselor, what do you think of? You think of a school and this guy and a person coming in and saying, this is, what you, this is what you've got to do and this is what you should do. That's exactly what God does through his scriptures. It's exactly what God does through his word. It's exactly what God does through his, through his presence with me. 
It's exactly what God does through His events and through answered prayers. See, he is, my, he is my wonderful Savior, but He also is my counselor. And if you're not seeking His counsel, you're missing out. You are missing out. We said this on, on Wednesday. So often we look at situations and we don't understand them. Remember the story, and we looked at it Wednesday, we said, I said this, when you look at the story of what Joseph, when Joseph was... Um, thinking about getting rid of Mary because she was pregnant and it wasn't his child and he knew it. And he was concerned about it. And while he was yet what? Thinking. While he was yet thinking on these things, the angel came. And I made this statement. It's such a true statement. The problem, Joseph's problem, became what? My solution. His problem became my solution. His problem was this lady is not my, I've not been with her. She's having a child. I don't understand what's going on. I'm going to get rid of her. The Holy Spirit comes in and says, the angel comes in and says, listen, don't get rid of her. It's because she's born of a virgin and this born of a virgin is, became my, my solution to my salvation. See, this counselor is wonderful. Savior is wonderful. And Joseph's problem became my solution. Never head bowed, never eye closed. What are you going to do with this counselor? It says that he is going to be the counselor. He's going to be wonderful. He's the counselor. Aren't you thankful that God speaks to you? Aren't you thankful that God cares for you? I'm so, I'm so thankful that he does all these things for us. Because next week we're going to look at the mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. We sure do serve a wonderful God, don't we? He loves us dearly.